So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. Some of y'all not solid. Many and it's of them. cool. Many of them. Many of y'all not solid. It's cool. I see you. That's why I'm going to love you from afar. I still love you. Still got love. But I'm going to love you from over here because I see where you're at with it. You want to be in the pictures with us when it looked great. You want to be at the grand opening. You want to be at the corner classes. You want to be in the pictures when everything was glitz and glam and the lights looked great. But when it got dark, when it got ugly, when it got gritty. Hello? Y'all still there? Oh, what? Oh, you don't want to be in the pictures anymore? <laughs> you don't, oh, you don't want me at the conference anymore? You don't want me on the panel anymore? You don't want me on your podcast anymore? Okay. Thank you. Welcome to Hardly Initiated, where real men talk real shit. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson, here with another episode of my co-host, Ryan catches. It's about to go crazy because we got some real black royalty in the building. Oh my god! So it's yeah, we about to <laughs> stop. <It's>, yes, it <laughs> is legit. Queendom on the chair right over there, and she is right here with us. A hardly initiated, hardly initiated. I don't really got to give much of a dense introduction. <laughs> I'm gonna just say the name, and you know what's going down. We are here with Mrs. Ernestine Morrison. Welcome to Harley Initiative. What's good? Peace, family. I'm you are, excited. Listen, you are royalty, though, because it's funny. We actually got a, we do a presentation, a workshop every Sunday. Okay. So, we know we took that picture with you. So, we're like, yo, we even get to take, you know, meet some of the people, you know, some of the most respected people in the world. And we, like, show a picture of you, all the women. Oh, my God. I love her. I love her. Wow. Yeah, we, get, we, get, we get sales off that. Wait, what picture did we take? Uh, oh, wait, at, at, at David's, Shan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, that create, That's don't wait. Awesome. She got the create, don't wait. They love that. Create, don't wait, babe. They absolutely love it. And you've been a major influence to, you know, men and women really worldwide for your work. Thank you. Because you are a world-renowned poet. Thank you. I heard you flow. I heard you spit. <laughs> I don't know. We might catch a little freestyle in the show. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, you, you, you're you a very powerful voice. Kind of talk about that. Like, when did you really start? When did you find your voice mm -hmm. and know that that's something that you really wanted to get into? That's a great question. Um, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. I get to sit with you gentlemen Absolutely. for the next hour or two. That's very cool. <laughs> yes. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I'll never forget my my fifth grade teacher, Miss Clark. Shout out to Miss Clark, Stag Street Elementary School, Los Angeles, California. I am a product of LAUSD. We had a homework assignment to write a haiku. For those of you who know, a haiku is a short poem. And whoever wrote the best haiku got this big um, box. It was like a prize box. And in that prize box was all this Lisa Frank stuff. Um, some of y'all are maybe too young to know what Lisa Frank is, but Lisa Frank was like a, a line of school supplies. It was like pencils and erasers and they were mm. pink and had all these cool little designs on them. And I was like, Ooh, I really want that box. I'm getting that box. So I wrote a haiku and I won. And my teacher said, you have a gift of creative writing. And I didn't know what that meant. I'm like creative writing. Ooh, that sounds cool. And, um, as I researched and, and understood what it was, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I've been writing. I, I keep a diary. I keep a journal. So I've always kept a journal since, I was a little girl and I realized that me journaling was my style of creative writing. And that's when I started to really develop my voice. And the first time I ever spoke in, a, in front of a public audience was at church, Calvary Baptist Church in, in, in the Valley. And it was a bigger church. And I was asked to read the church announcements, literally just reading the church announcements on off the paper. Mm. So this wasn't in the children's church, but this was in the big church. So I'm in front of all these people and I'm reading the announcements. And as I was done, the whole church stood up and clapped. Mm. And I'm like, why are they clapping? All I did was just read the announcements. But it was then that God was showing me my gift of speech and my gift of words. So I've been doing this since 1998. And it's so important for like right. the community to really stand behind you and like affirm you mm. and support you in certain things. Especially at a young age. Especially yeah. at a young age. Because yeah. like I feel like the kids 
Like when I, I remember growing up, mm-hmm. I will always hear, you're so smart. Yeah. I will always, I was put, they was like, oh, we're going to put you in advanced classes. Mm-hmm. I was always told I was in advanced classes. Yeah. yeah. Advanced and gifted, yeah. actually. And like, I always knew, like, I was like, I, I, nobody couldn't tell me that I wasn't smart, smart right. growing up. Because I was always told, told I was smart my whole life. And then when I went to college and I see people that was really smart, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I was, <laughs> they was hyping me up. Like, okay. <laughs> You're like, this is another level. I got to. <laughs> yeah, it's levels to this. But still, it's so important for, you know, children to receive that. And the, the community really got behind you. Yeah. And now you took your voice yeah. from starting, you know, writing poems in school. Yep. To being involved in the community. Yep. When did it when did it hit that next level? Because you you at a different level in your career yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm grateful. You know what? I, I always I just I feel like I'm God's favorite, I swear. I mean, just opportunity after opportunity kind of just it has always happened for me, right? And um, I have to shout out a good friend of mine, David Banner, who recommended me to do the Arsenio Hall show. Mm. And I got the opportunity to do the Arsenio Hall show, and I did a poem called Average Black Girl. And I'm so excited because this is my first time. Like, I'm going to L.A. I'm in Hollywood. I'm at the big studio. Um, I've got my own dressing room with my name on it. I'm like, oh, wow. my name is on the door. This is <laughs> oh, so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I have waters and chips and nuts. And do you need anything else, Miss Johnson? This is when it was Johnson. I wasn't even Morrison yet. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, I am at the Arsenio, like, legendary Arsenio Hall show with my own dressing room with my name on it as a poet. Wow. So I'm behind this. I'm in my dressing room. And the producers come out. And the producer goes... Our first guest spoke too long and we can't have you on the show. And I am devastated. Like on the inside, I'm heartbroken. Like I done flew all the way out here from Atlanta. They don't even know I live in Atlanta. (laughs) And I was devastated. And she said, well, we still want you to come out and do the poem for Arsenio in the audience. And I was like, I don't want to come out and just do the poem for Arsenio in the audience. Um, And this is how intentional God is because there was a reason why I was supposed to go out and still do it just for Arsenio in the audience. I did it for Arsenio. And he said, no, I have to have that on my show. He said, I'm going to figure out a way to get this on the show. We'll call you in a couple of weeks. So my mom and I are leaving the lot, the big lot in Hollywood. And five minutes later, we get a phone call. Can you come back? Arsenio wants you to do the poem and we'll air it on tomorrow's episode. Wow. I come back. I do the poem. And that poem literally changed my life. That exposure, over 60 million views, changed my life. It opened so many doors for me to be a speaker, a traveling poet, I'm being flown to Washington, D.C. to speak in the U.S. Court of Appeals for Congress. I'm speaking at every university and college. I mean, it just opened up the floodgates. I'm forever grateful to Arsenio Hall. I'm forever grateful to David Banner. Big shout out. I love that. Yes. People don't really understand because, you know, one poem could change your life. Yes. But it's probably after you did 100 yeah. or 1,000 poems. Yes. <laughs> and really not one instance can change your, change your life. I remember I was walking into the 12 right here in Atlanta. It's a... Hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm walking into the 12. I kid you not. This happened in like 48 seconds. I'm walking in with packages. This is when I was a personal shopper and I, I think I was meeting one of my NFL clients with his shoes. I'm walking in with these boxes and I'm like struggling to get through the door. And this guy passes me. He goes, Are you a model? I'm like, No. He's like, God, you look so familiar. He says, Do you know you're one person away from being a millionaire? I'm like, What? What are you talking about, sir? I have all these boxes. In my <laughs> right, 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 right. And he's like, He's like, You are one instance. One person, one email, one phone call, one text message away from being a millionaire. One instance can change your whole life. And this happened in the 48 second exchange. And I thought about it. I said, that is so true. One yes. It just takes one yes to change your whole life. That phone call from David Banner changed my entire life. Arsenio Hall giving him the green light and saying, yes, changed my entire life. One instance can change the trajectory of your whole entire life. Good and bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's so much power in that. Like when you think you're stuck in a moment or stuck in a season, like, oh, why is my life like this? Or why is this happening? One instance can change everything. Mm. One person calling you saying, hey, I got a job for you. I have a gig for you. I have a booking for you. Change your whole life. Like You got to be ready for it. And you have to be ready for it. You have to be prepared for that moment. Me speaking in the children's church and then speaking in the big church and then doing the haiku in fifth grade. And then when I was a hostess at ESPN Zone and I used to volunteer to read the ticker every morning in front of my coworkers. <laughs> all of those things prepared me for the big stage. It prepared me for the Arsenio Hall show. It prepared me for the Oprah Winfrey network. It prepared me for BET. Like all those things all prepared me for that instance. Mm. Yeah. 
And it happened. And it happened. That's incredible. Yo, listen, podcasting changed our life and it could change yours too. You don't have to have a bunch of money. You don't got to spend thousands of dollars in equipment, a thousands of dollars on guests. All you need to do is have that burning desire, a strategy, and a game plan. And listen, that's what we're going to bring to you. This Sunday, we having a free workshop for any podcaster that wants to grow, monetize, and scale their platform. You need to make sure you're at our workshop. We put the link for you in the bio. So click it. Make sure you're there. It's at 8 p.m. We're going in. See you on Sunday. And so one yes. One and yes. let me tell you, you made one other big yes as well. Because yes. you, in a crazy fashion, said yes to marriage. Yes. With six months. It was a six? Seven Seven, seven months. months. My husband proposed to me in seven months. Now that's that's a big yes. yes. Arguably, probably the most important yes. But that's yes. you ever said. There's a lot of women want to know how do you get proposed to in seven months? <laughs> or, or yeah, here's why? how here, here's how you get proposed to. I don't know if it can be in seven months, but here's how you get proposed to in general to be the best version of yourself. When I met my husband, had I met my husband a year prior, I wouldn't have been ready, and he probably wouldn't have proposed. I was so ready um, for the next level of my life because I was so prepared. I had done so much work on me. Before I met my husband, I was single and I was not ready to mingle. I was working on me. I was reading. I'm waking up every day at 5 a.m. I'm at Effect Fitness every morning at 6 a.m. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm drinking water. I'm eating fruit. I'm getting closer to God. I'm at my best. Like, I'm feeling great. I look good. <laughs> what body is bodying? Your skin mood, is skinny. I look so great. I feel great. And Kevin Hart says, when you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you do good. I was doing damn good because I was just looking good. I was feeling good. So when I met my husband, he was like, oh, yeah, that's wifey. Because I was the best version of me. You got to be the best version of you. For the job, for the dream career, for the dream man, the dream woman, you have to be the best version of you. And I was at my best at that moment. And that's why seven months, I mean, I knew he was my husband on day one. I'm like, Jesus, really? it took you seven months, babe. I do on day one when we met. Wait, did you tell him that on day on one? No. Mm -mm. How did you know that? Okay, yeah, don't do that, ladies. <laughs> don't do that. Just away. Do that. <laughs> I, I, I knew he was my husband. I just knew. The girl who introduced us, I said, oh, that's my husband. Day one, I said, I said, that's my husband. I'm going to marry that man. Mm. I'm going to give him time. He needs a, he needs, he needs a moment. He's going to figure it out, though. What did he, I mean, besides being tall and rich. What did you I mean, see? Tall, dark, and handsome. A lot, a lot going on. Tall, dark, handsome, rich, it's a reputation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, like, it, what it really was, I mean, uh, of course, the tall, dark, and handsome and rich is, is, is a plus. <laughs> um, but that's, a, that, I mean, that's a, no, that, that was what I attracted. So that was kind of normal for me. What really did it for me, eight months prior to me meeting my husband, he had a video that went viral. And he was on um, Fox Business News and he was having some debate with some that. guy. And the guy asked them, does U.S. government hate black people? And the way he answered this question, the way he broke it down was so cold. It was so poised, eloquent, but still direct. I was like, ooh, who is this man? I didn't know him. I didn't know, I didn't know who he was. So I saved that video in my phone. Mm. And then to meet him eight months later, it was really his intelligentsia that I was attracted to. Oh, man, she, he was pre-sold. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that I mean, was that, you? That, that's what the brand the does. Right. Oh, yeah. It's, right. 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 it's <laughs> I love me an intelligent, articulate, and my husband is, he's the GOAT. When it comes to teaching and speaking, I mean, his, his greatest gift, without a shadow of a doubt, is his oratory skills. Like, he's a phenomenal speaker, and he's so brilliant, so brilliant. And I was like, oh, this is a brilliant mind. I like that. And he's... Tall, dark, and handsome. And you know, yeah. so you know, uh, a lot of the guests that we've had on the show, a lot of the men, they talk about meeting their women mm. at something where they were showcasing their talents. Uh -huh. So maybe they hosted some kind of event, yeah. or maybe they posted something that yeah. you know went viral. So just from your perspective, mm -hmm. you know, what are some things that you know a man could do to make himself most attractive to a woman? I think it's the same for women. Be the best version of you. Okay. Walk so far deep into your calling and be so immersed and in love with you that you're eating right. You're working out. You're reading the right things. You're digesting the right things. You're elevating yourself constantly. So when you do meet that woman, I always say I didn't ask to be a wife. I didn't pray to be a wife. I pray to God to prepare me to be a wife. And that preparation mm. is, means work. 
It's daily homework. It's Monday, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, it's Thursday, it's Friday, constantly working on you, pouring into you, shedding back layers, shedding yourself of trauma, guilt, doubt, shame, all of that stuff. So you're, you're, you're lighter, you're walking lighter, you're getting that baggage off of you and you're pouring into you and sewing into you. So when you meet that right person, you guys are both prepared for each other. You so that was something I mean? you were asking for. Like you were asking, you were in a season of your life where you oh, were yeah. intentional about becoming a wife? I was intentional about, yes. What, what, I mean, what inspired like that season? Oh, you know, it's always been my, 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 my dream and my prayer to be a wife and a mom. Mm. And I it's crazy. Love when I hear that. I know, like, right? But wait a minute. Or something right. here, amens or something. Right. Let me tell you something, though. I, I spoke about this yesterday on my podcast. Be careful what you ask for and what you pray for, because you will get it. And when you get it, you have to make sure that this is really what you want, right? People say that, I, I, I can't wait to get a foreign fancy car. Okay, but be sure that you're prepared to pay for it when the tire goes out, <laughs> when the transmission goes out. When something breaks, because, you know, it's, it doesn't cost the same on a BMW as it does on a, Toyo on a Toyota. You right. fix a Toyota, re replace the tire on a Toyota. <laughs> on a it's a little different than right, replacing right, right. it on a, on a Benz or a Bentley. So be sure that you're prepared for what you're asking for. So my dream was always to be a wife and a mom. I used to say, I can't wait to be a wife and a mom. I can't wait to be a wife and a mom. And then you get all the things you ask for, and you realize it comes with the level of sacrifice. It comes with the level of work that you have to be willing to do. Being a wife... Don't get me wrong. I love being a wife. I love my husband. I love my family. But it's a job, too. So Okay, so that's it's what I want to... It's a wanna, sacrifice. That's what I want to ask you about, because we watched a podcast. I think it was like the Dear Future uh, Future Wifey podcast. Okay. And um, I forgot the host's name. Shout out to him. But he basically asked a gentleman, you know, about having kids and having a wife. Yeah. And he basically said, you know, you can't become your fullest potential of a man mm -hmm. until you actually have an opportunity to steward over a family. Yes, and do it well. that's good. So you also mentioned mm -hmm. you were ready for that next level. Yes. So like, what, what does that mean? Like what happens to a woman or what's the impact that on you in terms of getting to that next level that mm -hmm. happens once you get married? You have to be ready to die. And I didn't know what that meant until I got in it. You have to be, especially um, driven women, ambitious women, alpha women, like women who are really just set on a goal and a purpose So, or, or so what they think is their purpose. You have to be ready to kill all of that off. Because let's not forget, before I was Ernestine Morrison, I was Ernestine Johnson, the viral poet, the actress. And you get into this union and now you're no longer the person you thought you were. Now you're such and such as wife. Now your last name changed. Now you're going through an identity crisis because you're like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. All the stuff that I worked for, I still want to hold on to that. But when you are joining lives with someone, that person has to completely die. And that is a journey to go through. Mm. It's not something that happens overnight. So you have to be prepared to kill that person off in order for you to walk into who God is really calling you to be. And when you join lives with someone and you join in a union with someone, you're really creating a new thing. So all the things that you thought you were working for that's died off. It's dead for that. There's something new birthing in you. And you have to be willing and ready to say, okay, God, I'm ready for this new thing. I don't know how many people. And that's hard. Even, so yeah. That's, that's hard. very hard. Right. <laughs> Everything you worked for, Everything. all the acting classes, writers courses, all the speaking engagements, all the things that you did to build yourself up to be this person. And now God's like, oh, well, that's done. I'm, I'm grooming you and growing you and I'm birthing this new thing in you. And you're like, mm, I don't know if I like that new thing because I was really working real hard for this thing over here. Well, you said you wanted to be married, right? That was your dream, right? Mm -hmm. You wanted to be a wife and a mom. Well, here, here you go. Okay, so, man, I just got <laughs> hella questions for you. So, you talked about an alpha woman. Yes. And a woman that has ambition. Yes. So, I don't see ambition as a bad thing. But sometimes when women say it or just, you know, say I'm very ambitious or they mm -hmm. represent themselves that way, yeah. it, I'm kind of, I'm skeptical. Yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? And uh, my question for you is like, I don't, just my personal perception of you just the very little time that we've shared together mm -hmm. i don't consider you a, i wouldn't just my perception is not just like an alpha woman but i oh. also see that you're very talented mm -hmm. and dynamic and mm -hmm. about your business yes. and handle yourself like a lady yes right so do you would you consider yourself an alpha female i would not consider myself an alpha female and i think that who knows what it even means these days right. stuff changes so damn much so many definitions <laughs> of things um, but when I say, I mean, some women do consider themselves an alpha woman or would label themselves an alpha woman. I am an ambitious woman. Mm. Um, I'm assertive. I'm driven. I'm direct. And I have always been able to take care of me. So 
that's what I consider ambitious. Now that may not necessarily be synonymous with alpha, right? And it's gotcha. not synonymous with alpha, but I'm driven. And there's plenty of women who are driven. They're working on their business. They're working on their goals. They've got their checklist and they're checking it off. You know what I mean? But sometimes when you get with a male who may be an alpha male or a driven male, he has a plan. And not only does he have a plan, but God has a plan for him and for this union. So you may have to die off some of those things that you thought were on your checklist and the, 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 thought, the thing that you thought was your purpose, those things have to die off. When, so did you really you, when, make did, a when did you realize that? Like, were you ready for that when you got married or is that something you had to learn throughout the process? Still learning it. <laughs> it, is mm. a, it, is, it is, candidly, it is a struggle. And it wasn't until recently, like really, I, I, like we were speaking before we started rolling, like it was, it was the humbleness. And I always said I didn't necessarily believe in the word humble because by definition, humble is to think lowly of oneself, to be meek. Those are not things I associate with. I think mm -hmm. extremely highly of myself. I have an extreme high price tag on me. Um, but God had to humble me in a biblical sense, in a spiritual sense. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. still doing it. He's, I'm still pur being purged. I'm still shedding um, the idea of what I thought things were supposed to look like for me and my career and my goals and my, 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 I, 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 I. I'm still mm. shedding that. And I'm a lot better than I was five years ago when I got married or almost five years now. Um, because again, you have this idea of what you, you have an idea of what you want for this podcast. You have an idea of what you want for your brand, for your career, for your trajectory, but you may get married tomorrow. And then God says, no, well, this is a new thing I'm doing in you. And you may be like, Ooh, but the podcast is doing so great. <laughs> right, right. What do you mean you want me to go into ministry? I, but my, my podcast, what do you mean you want me to start a shoe company? What about my podcast? What about the things I wrote my checklist? That's hard. Mm. It's hard when it's like what you do and your goals have been such a huge part of you for so long, for over 20 years, 30 years. And now you're like, what God do you want me to, what? So how do you know the difference between when to submit mm -hmm. to your husband's plan, mm -hmm. which is God's plan? Yeah. And then when to challenge mm -hmm. his plan in a way where you feel like we might, that might not be the best decision. Like what, that's a great how, question. How do you know? Um, I think you don't always know for one. I think that you have to use wisdom. I think that first and foremost, you have to know that your husband is submitted to God and your husband is submitted to God's mm. will and plan for, for y'all's union. And I think over the last two years specifically, I have really been shown like, okay, no, this person, my husband is submitted to God. And if I say that I'm submitted to him who submitted to God, I'm really submitted to God. I have to follow. Now, there are times where, you know, women, we just have discernment. We have intuition. I may say, all right, if you go down there, down that road, there's a pothole. I see it. You don't even see it. And women, we naturally want to be like, babe, do you see the pothole down there? Do you see? But I think with time and wisdom, you go, okay, there's a, pot, there's a pothole down there. Let me just let him see it. Let me let him discover it on his own. I'm going to submit to his leadership <laughs> and I'm going to let him hit his stub, his toe <laughs> right, right, on this right. pothole. <laughs> he may, we may fall into this ditch because he doesn't see this pothole, but I'm going to just let us fall. Did you have to learn that or is that something that... Did I have to learn it? What? Absolutely. Mm. Okay. I am a... I've been in control for so long. I've been steering the ship for so long. I had a plan. There was a strategy behind everything that I do. Right. I've been doing this for so long. I've been driving. So, yes, I had to learn. I'm still learning it. I'm like, okay, there's someone else in the driver's seat. All right, God, I get it. I'm going to sit here in the passenger and seat and just let us hit the pothole sometimes. Now, sometimes I will say, there's a pothole in 10 feet, just in case you don't see it. Or I'll say, oh, I'm sure you already see the pothole, but I just want to send you a reminder just in case. You got to learn how to, how to talk about the pothole, too. What? That's like a skill. It's a skill that you have to constantly learn, and it's annoying sometimes, but you have to do it. So would you say that God is a... Uh uh, a requirement as part of a successful marriage for me okay. as, as for me in my household. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And how does, how do you evaluate, you know, your spouse's relationship with God? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think, I don't think you evaluate it. I think it evaluates, evaluates you. I think you see over time, the examples of how your partner is leading what direction your partner has you all going. Like it, it, it shows itself over time. God shows up over time and you're like, ah, 
I see what you're doing, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought I was in control this whole time. <laughs> it's been you. But see, you I think got- it's something you learn and grow. It's not a, this whole thing is a journey. Everything is a journey. It's not like there's this textbook answer. There's this, there's this roadmap. There's this blueprint. It's like everything is a journey. You're constantly learning. You're constantly growing. You're constantly making mistakes. And in the mistakes and in the journey and in you hitting the pothead and the pothead in you hitting the potholes and getting hit over your head sometimes you're like, ah, okay, we're learning how to maneuver this thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious because, because Jay, I mean, like Tyshawn, I think this is probably talking about this before the show, his level of influence mm-hmm. is, was just, I mean, it's, he's having like great grandkids probably from real estate because they yeah. get into it. From, <laughs> it's from incomparable Jay. really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just incredible. So, you know, what was the the feedback that you was getting from, you know, friends and family when you decided to actually join Union with Jane um, in terms of, you know, his influence and kind of mm-hmm. his social standing? You know, I got mixed reviews from different people. Some people okay. were just super excited and like, oh, my gosh, it's happening for you. This is your dream. This is what you always <laughs> wanted. And some people were kind of just like, all right, you know, be careful. You know, it's always single people who are like, all right, make sure you keep some of you for you. Make sure you, you know, make sure you still do your own thing. And I actually let that get in my head a lot. Like people are like, make sure you do your own thing. All right, let me make sure I'm still doing my own thing and doing my auditions and, you know, still acting and still doing my thing. And I think that was horrible advice. It's not a me thing or an I thing or a my thing when we become a we thing. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm listening to all these people say, make sure you keep an I, 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 my, my, mine. I'm like, yeah, well, they said, let me make sure I keep, keep a little something rainy. Let me make sure I have a little savings over here just in case. And let me make sure I have a little piece of me over here just in case. And it's like, just in case what? Are we a we or am I an I? Because that's a common thing. It's always like, girl, you better make sure you got your own money in mm-hmm. case you leave. Mm-hmm. Girl, you better make sure yes. you got this here protected for you yes. and only for you. Yes. Do you think that's bad advice? Huh. Do I think it's bad advice? I'm 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 still indifferent and I'm actually still learning and I'm still growing through it because I was always told by my mother, shout out to my mom, Ladrian Johnson, self-preservation is the law of the land. Make sure that you always can preserve you. So I think it's wise to set up a system where if a rainy day were to happen, you can take care of the family, right? My husband is absolutely a provider. He provides for our family. But I am also capable, if anything goes wrong, I am capable and able and equipped to take over. I have to be. And I think every woman should be equipped to take over. If something goes wrong, if something happens, if your, your partner falls short, if your partner gets sick, if something happens um, to the head of the household, you should be equipped. Now, what are, whatever equipped means to you, I think you should be equipped to take over for the household in the meantime. I like that because it's kind of strange because as a man, you know, when you thinking about having this trust in a woman, mm-hmm. that can be insulting, you yeah. know, or considered disrespect if a woman is like got all these other plans on the mm-hmm. side where she's looking yeah. out for herself. Because it's like, yeah, why, you, you know, you're not on. It's like a employee. He's got like another job on the side or something. Yeah. Or you a coach yeah. and, you know, just star, player, another team, star player. Yeah. Star player wants to play basketball and football. You're like, no, no, no. You're just going to be on the team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, um. Hold on, I got lost in my mind. what you're really doing is you're keeping one toe in and one toe out. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're saying, God, I fully trust you and I fully submit to you and your plan for me, then you're going to put both toes in. But, but see, at the same time, if something happens and your wife is able to hold it down, it's yes. like, see, that's why I got her. Yes. You your wife is equipped. That's right. a beautiful thing. And you are like, it's a, it's, I think it's a humbling thing mm-hmm. for a man. Mm-hmm. But you really, like, she, your wife shines yeah. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this, too, because you said something I think that we shouldn't just shy over. <laughs> <laughs> because I think when a woman is single and she's transitioning into a new life, yes. obviously she still has a friend group that's probably mostly where she was. Yes. So is it safe to say that when a woman is now saying and claiming mm-hmm. a new, like, something new that she wants for herself in a mm-hmm. new life... Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that she now needs to get counsel from women? Well, I'm going to put it like this. Does she need to deny counsel Mm -hmm. from those women, especially that are single, Mm -hmm. and solely search counsel from women who are where she wants to be? Is is that the case? I don't think that's the case necessarily, Mm. but, but let's just talk about seeking counsel for one. Plenty of times, all of us, not just women, but men too, we want to seek counsel. And there's nothing wrong with seeking counsel. But what I have learned, and just speaking for me and my journey, what I've been through, 
you need to seek counsel from God first and foremost. We're always like, oh yeah, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust your plan. But then as soon as something happens, you want to get on the phone. Girl, guess what happened? Tell me why. And it's like, well, are you trusting God? Or are you trusting Sally? Are you trusting God? Or are you trusting John, who you just called? I think it's wise to have a friend group or a counselor or a therapist or someone um, in your sphere of influence who you can go to for counsel. But I don't think you should have a whole bunch of different people you go to counsel from. Like I have a big sis who's my mentor. Um, she's married. She gives ex great advice and I will seek counsel from her occasionally, right? Mm. But I don't just seek counsel from everybody because a lot of times when people are seeking counsel, they're really just seeking validation. They're really seeking to vent. And you have to be careful who you vent to. You have to be careful who you're seeking anything from. So at first and foremost, you need to take it to God. And I had to learn that. Like, why am I calling Sally? I like that. Sally, Sue, John, and Jim. I'm calling everybody. I, ain't even got, I haven't even took it to God yet. Let me take it to God first and foremost. Because if I say I'm trusting God, then I, that's who I should be seeking anything from. And I don't want to be seeking validation from you. I don't want to be seeking just to vent from you because now I'm just talking just to talk. I think you should have, I think it's wise to have a small group or person that you can seek counsel from. Um, but I think we need to seek counsel from God and not just seek counsel from God, but a lot of times we know the answers. We just want to hear it out loud with somebody else on the phone. You know, you know, so true. you feel it. You, feel, you know which way you, you know, you should go right. You don't have to call John. You don't have to call. You don't have to call him and ask him, bro, should I go right? You want to chat? Call you God. just want to chat. You want to chat. You already know you should go right. You feel it. You know you have discernment. But yeah, you just want to call. You just want to vent. You just want to talk about the problem over and over and over again. You just want to, you want someone to validate what you already know. So you know what? With that being said, if a woman does not have a relationship with God, she's mm -hmm. going to be hella chatty. Oh, chatty yeah. Chatty patty. Because at that point, that's all she can do. She I mean, she really can't be trusted in my strong opinion. And that's just simply because mm -hmm. it's where the value is coming from. Mm -hmm. The thing about it is, I understand you love your mom. I understand you love your auntie, whoever you get counsel from. But, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't really trust them. I trust but if God, your mom though. gave you counsel. <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know what I'm saying? I trust God. That's what I'm saying. That's one yeah. person that both me and my spouse can trust. Yeah. But if you do trust your mom. Yeah. And you got counsel from her. And why do you now have to call your aunt? And then after your aunt, why do you have to now call your cousin? And then right. after your cousin, why do you have to now call your best friend? And then after your best friend, you have to call now call your sister. Girl, you just want to talk. You just mm. want to vent. Because you, your mom gave you the answer. Well, really, God used your mom to give you the answer. But then you had to call Sally, Sue, Jim. Mar you had to call everybody. You, you just want to hear yourself talk. You just want to be validated by everybody. Mm. When really, start validating the own, your own instrument in you. Start validating the own tools, your own tools that God already put in you. I don't seek counsel from a lot of people anymore. I used to. I'm not saying I never, I used to be like, girl, guess what? And then girl, guess what? And then God, guess what? And it's just like, now it's just like, I know what I know what I know. I'm certain of it. Mm. It's a certainty that comes with time, life, experience, the journey, wisdom. It's a certainty that comes with it. I'm certain now. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. I, I love when we had a good wise on, like the wise. I love when we had a wise on the show because you, you can really instruct mm -hmm. some of the people that are lost. Yeah. And you can talk about, mm -hmm. you can give a few testimonies too. You yeah. Get some actual real life yeah. testimonies. Yeah. And I just love hearing the real life experiences mm -hmm. that people go through. Um, because I, I think too, it's something special about marriage because the couples that we've had that have been married mm -hmm. on here, have by far provided the most wisdom mm -hmm. I've ever had. I've read yeah. books on marriage. I've watched YouTube channels about this stuff. <laughs> but when you hear actual testimonies yeah. from people telling the things that the actual situations that they've been in, yeah. there's no way that you can get coached up and trained for this stuff. It's like Life you, is the best experience. Life is the best teacher. Experience is the best teacher. There's, you can read all the books and read all the quotes and take all the seminars and webinars. I can read all the real estate books I wanted, but if I don't actually go out there and do real estate, I can read all the acting books. I can go to all the acting classes, but if I never got on set and got in a scene with somebody who actually can act, experience is the best teacher. Get out there and experience things. You do real estate, then go do real estate. You act, then go get on the set. Get in front of a camera. Because the book's not going to save you when the camera, when the director yells action, mm. that book ain't going to save you, babe. Can you act or can you not? 
And that's why, you know what? That's why I don't like them damn romance movies. It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It's not, I don't get to not see real. the real hardship. Yeah. Because, whew, let's get into it. Because you actually had some real shit that you had to go through. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's real shit that you're going to continue to go through. Mm -hmm. As a couple and as Absolutely. a married couple. Yeah. And just for, you know, for many, I mean, everybody should know if, I mean, if you have a presence Jay went through a lot online. Yes. Personally, mm -hmm. he was attacked. Yep. And you guys, shout out to you guys winning that case, by the way. Yep. With how everything ended up going down. And I think after the case, you guys won that case. Mm -hmm. Things really simmered down mm -hmm. for the most part, as far as what I saw. Kind of, yep. Mm -hmm. At least. But even everything prior yes. up to that, there was truly an attack on Jay's brand, his reputation. Mm -hmm. And at that point, with you guys being married, it was an, also an attack on you. Yeah. Her entire family. And highly you, publicized. You were at this time that was happening, mm -hmm. you were pregnant. Yes. Jay is probably, I mean, Jay's at the height, right? Of yeah. of who, you know, Jay is. Jay is that dude at yeah. this time. Yeah. And this is just a lot at this point for every everybody to deal with. Yeah. Walk me through what it's like at that point behind closed doors. Because mm -hmm. I think it's easy. To support your husband yeah. when he's shining? Oh, it's easy to support when things are shining and things mm. are good. We got the new car, the new clothes, the new house, the new... It's easy. Mm. That's easy. But when 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 there's a, a full-out online attack happening mm -hmm. where everybody can see in public, mm -hmm. what does supporting your husband look like behind yeah. closed doors? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say, we aren't internet figures, Right? Everything you see online, all the comments people do, not just with me and Jay, but with everybody. When people get on the, the get these Twitter fingers and they get online and they say something about you, you're not talking to an internet figure. You're not talking to a character. You're talking to a real person who has real feelings, a real family, a real mom, a real dad, real kids, real things. That, they are real people. We are real people. So during that attack, I'm like, yo, I am a real person. <laughs> I'm, I have real feelings attached to that. I am crying. I'm on my knees. I'm like, what is happening behind closed doors? What it looks like to support your husband to be truthful is just to still be there. Cause there are so many times where I'm like, I don't want to be attached to this. Mm. I don't even want to be involved in this. Why am I even wrapped up in this? But that's what it means. When all the ladies out there, when you pray, you want a wife to be a wife and you want to have a husband. You are joining forces. You are one. So whatever happens to him is happening to you. Whatever happens to you is happening to him. If you want that level of responsibility, be ready for it. Because when it came, I'm like, Jesus, I don't know if I want to be attached to this. Mm. It's too much chaos. I've never dealt with this level of chaos in my life. But when God said you prepared yourself to be a wife, I prepared you to be in this seat. Supporting was simply just being there in the moment. So when you said you didn't know if you wanted to be there, did you have thoughts of leaving at that point in time? Were, were those thoughts running through your mind? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can say that 100% truthfully. I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't, I didn't know if I was strong enough. I never had to do, it was a spiritual warfare. I mean, what happened to us online really, it's just something I couldn't script in a book, to be honest. I couldn't script in a movie. It was like, what? This is ridiculous. This is insane. How is this happening? I don't want. I don't know if I can deal with this. Now that, to be that, honest, I couldn't. That, and that internal struggle, well, the struggle just doesn't happen internally. I yeah. could imagine it manifested in some ways in, in terms of you guys' daily interaction or just relationship altogether. Yeah. So what was some of the things that was happening with the communication or just the way you guys were dealing with each other? I mean, it time? was some days I just couldn't speak. Wow. I was just silent at home in silence, at home in such a dark place. When I tell you words like depression, darkness, low energy, low vibration, those are not the words that are associated with me at all. I'm very high energy. I'm very, let's go get it. I'm very driven. I was silenced. We all know I'm a poet. We all know words is my gift. I could not speak. I was just like, wow, why is this happening? What is going on? I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm emotionally numb. I'm not feeling anything. So when you're not feeling anything from me, I'm not feeling anything from you. Now there's this wedge that's being drawn further and further and further. Now you're over here on this island and I'm over here on this island. But we're supposed to be one. We're supposed to be on this island together. 
And we were on two different islands. So much so it was literally tearing us apart. Mm. And you don't have the answers to fix it. You're just numb. You're not feeling anything. It was hard. How did, at this point, because I can imagine as a man, I'm mm-hmm. seeing my lady down like this. Mm-hmm. Just the place that I'll be in. Yeah. And like what I'll be feeling like, because he's already being attacked. Mm-hmm. Your reputation is on the line. Your wife is pregnant. Yeah. Somebody coming for your business, which is your money. Yeah. Your reputation is completely attached to your money. Yeah. So, you know, I can imagine he was in a, in a dark place himself. So you saw, and you saw that in him, right? Mm-hmm. So you probably saw this, we like this this certain like this lowness in him that you probably never saw before mm-hmm. and i think i think every man is a, a, a bit afraid of that every mm-hmm. man is afraid of their woman seeing them without their armor on right because we're used to being the knight in shining armor for mm-hmm. that woman mm-hmm. and i don't think any man wants to the woman really seeing him in a low place mm-hmm. when you saw him in that way mm-hmm. did that change how you felt or your love for him at any point in time? Well, let me correct you a little bit. I never saw Jay weak. To this day, still have never seen him weak. During the height of all of the chaos, which was really, yeah, I'll call it chaos for now. Jay was just silent, Mm. but he wasn't weak. I never saw Jay down and out. I never saw, he was just silent. He was calm. And to me, the calmness was strange because I'm like, you're you're Jay Morrison, you, you're Malcolm, you like you you're high energy, you on the corners, you you at the protest, you shutting Houston's down, you, you this is what you do. Why are you so silent? So it wasn't an energy shift in a point where like his posture didn't change. He wasn't po woe was me. He was never weak. Jay, honestly, looking back now, I'm like Jay actually was the strongest man that I know. Because I don't know many men who could have stood through that fire the way Jay stood with class and grace, and poise, because honestly, Jay could teach a master class on what it is to be graceful in the middle of the fire, Mm. what it is to be poised in the middle of the storm. I don't know how many men could stand in the middle of that storm and still be poised with diverticulitis, with a colostomy bag, and a pregnant wife, because the only thing other to do than be calm and be poised and be graceful is to go off the rocker, and then now you're in jail. Because if you do something crazy to somebody, it's over for you and and the family. So it's either sink or swim. You either go out there and you knock somebody's head off, and I'll be visiting you through a glass window on a on a on a payphone, or you're gonna be poised and graceful and stand through the fire and let God lead. And honestly, what I thought was maybe a weakness, I realized it was such a strength. For anybody to stand in that fire and through that storm and still have his head up and still lead with grace. That was a master class, to be honest. Jay mm. taught y'all a master class. I would agree mm. with that. And shout out to y'all for powering through that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, first off, it's a fact that most men or just couples and, yeah. you know, both man and woman alike wouldn't be able to make it through something like that. Because yeah. not most couples or man and woman are able to build something like that to yeah. even have that. <laughs> to even have that level right. of adversity. <laughs> right. Facts. And what Jay always says is, have dominion over your emotions. The reason why most people couldn't have stood in that fire because most people don't have dominion over their emotions. Most people, most men and women would have went off the rocker. What? And that's what I was ready to do. I was ready to risk it all. <laughs> and Jay said, have dominion over your emotions. Let God fight your battles. Let God take. He said, he went online, he said, God's going to deal with this. And I'm like, what? What? What are you talking about? I'm not even hearing that. We need to be out there. What's up? No, no, no. Have dominion over your emotions. That's real strength. That's real leadership. Because what you're not going to do is tempt me to do something out of my character. That's real strength. Right. For you to be in the fire, so much people are throwing darts, daggers, everything, but I'm still taking all the hits and I'm not going to let you control my emotions. I have dominion over this. You're not going to move me. I don't care how sharp the daggers are. You're not going to move me off of this. That is real strength. That is true strength. That is spiritual. That's wisdom. I didn't see it then. I'm like, what are we doing? Mm. Or, <laughs> what's happening? What does it look like to... So that, that, that space that you were in at that point in time, mm-hmm. right? What did, it, what did it look like to pull yourself out of that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like to get back to mm-hmm. who you knew you were. Yeah. Like what, what did that work look like? And like when did it happen? That's a great question. I never got back to who I was. I'm still not back to who I was. 
it wasn't me. Because <laughs> if it was left up to me and my control, I would be fighting and working to get back to who I am because this was my plan. Mm. Nothing but the hand of God pulled me and us through that. And what it really did was um, my, my, our marriage coach, he gave, me, he gave us an example of how a carpenter um, builds a house through a, from a block of wood, right? And you have this block of wood and you take all these tools, hammers and axes and you're chopping, 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 chopping away and it hurts. You're being chopped, cut, screwed. This block of wood is really being like beat up. But at the end now there's this masterpiece. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not who I used to be. It's only the re I'm only able to stand here on this podcast with grace and poise and wisdom because of all the chopping. With that act, that we, we went through the axe. You evolved at this I've point. evolved. Wow. I've evolved because I'm telling you, I didn't have control. I didn't have dominion over my emotions in 2020. I'm ready to, I'm ready to pull up on somebody. <laughs> I am re I am ready to pull up. Whatever the consequences are, I'm ready for it. That's how you feel because <laughs> when you get that kind of publicity, yeah. like you said, it affects, I mean, people you probably knew from elementary school was like, I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. You know, thinking they're helping. Thinking they're helping. You, <laughs> Report, girl, you right. know I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't, know I've seen it. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this. I just want, I'm just, just want to make you, you ain't making me aware, babe. I saw it when it was posted. Exactly. So how, how did, okay, so let's talk about that because I'm sure mm -hmm. all, when tragedy and chaos happens. Yeah. People get exposed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when you really see the character in yeah. everybody. Yeah. In in tragedy. Yeah. And what did you? What happened? Just outside of just mm -hmm. your marriage. Yeah. Was there certain things like family members yes. or friends that ended up getting eliminated throughout the Absolutely process? Absolutely eliminated. People eliminated themselves <laughs> freely, and I'm glad they did. It hurt during the moments. Like what? How could you leave me right now in this moment? How are you disassociating yourself? How are you separating yourself? How are you drawing this space? I was mad in the moment. I was, oh my God, I was sad. I was, I cried so many different people. I'm like, what, you too? You on the bandwagon? <laughs> after all I've poured right. in you, after all I've done, after how much I've loved you. But again, and I don't want to sound preachy, but it was all God. He showed me who needed to be removed for the pruning. I'm, pr I'm pruned. I can't be the, I can't operate at this elevation with some of the people who are attached. Cause you're, you're not here. You're not operating from this frequency. Mm -hmm. So family members, I'm sure family members in the group chat talk, girl, did you yeah. see? I mean, what's, what's insane is how much emotionally moved those people are. I mean, they could literally know you for 20, 30, 40 years You know years me my whole life. life and you're emotionally moved by this one little fake ass headline. Insane. What? It showed me how, solid people are, how not solid people are, how unwavering people are, how wavering people, it showed me. And there's a couple people that I will always shout out who stood with us, who stood with me. I mean, there were family members who were like, mm, yeah, no, I don't really rock with you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Then you have the people who play the fence. Well, I just don't really know. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I, mean I, I mean, I know you, but I don't know him. No, they, they, they just as bad. You're just, that's just bad. as bad. Because if bad. you know me, but you don't know him, then you don't know me either. It's a problem. Facts. Right. <laughs> right. right. Ma'am? <laughs> so many people like, mm, I want to play it safe. I, mm. We were taking, a, a podcast, taking off podcasts, taking off conferences, taking off panels, taking off magazines. Like, yeah. So really we're jumping into you guys' financial situation as well. What? What? Still I didn't, is. I didn't even consider that. Wow. Still is. Then you got to think about it. You know, Jay has one. There's one business there attached to Jay, but there's multiple businesses we have together. And then I have my own. I'm an actress. Right. I'm a poet. I'm a paid speaker. That affected your your, your business as an actor? People book. I have an agent. Like, people, when the casting directors want to book you, they're going to your Instagram page. They know they're they're in the internet waves, yeah. too. They ain't, you know, you, you know you, what I mean? You a couple. Like, That's all true. that go together. That is People true. research who you are. When I, let me see if I really want you attached to my project. And it was hurtful. Like all I've worked for, like I have literally worked since I was 10 years old for this same vision. What? Yeah, it hurt. And all the fence riders who wrote, who wanted to ride the fence and play, well, oh, mm, yeah, I'm going to support you, but I'm going to support you silently. Mm. I don't need you to support me silently when I'm being publicly attacked. Absolutely. If I'm being publicly attacked, I need you to publicly support me and pull up. I rock with Ernestine. I rock with Jay. I rock with the Morrisons. And there was only a couple people who did that. Shout out to my sister, Tamika Mallory. Mm. Shout out to Sean King. Shout out to Maddie J. I stand with what I stand with my, my people. 
until you prove me otherwise. I've already done the research. Tamika Mallory got on the phone with attorneys and lawyers and SCC calls. Nope, everything checks out. I stand with the Morrisons. That's, mm. that's solid. People out here are not solid, y'all. People out here want to build a brand. They want to make money. They want to be marketers. They want to be Instagram folks. You're not solid, though. Who are you behind this screen? Who is solid? <laughs> God showed me real quick who's solid. Mm. Wow. Showed me real quick who's a fence rider. Who showed me real quick who wants to be near you when you shine. And when we had 3,000 people at the grand opening for the Legacy Center, y'all want to be all in the pictures with the Morrisons. When we're at the corner class, all them same people was out here teaching now, teaching financial. Same motherfucker, same people, excuse me, was at the corner <laughs> class. Don't get them to listen. Right, I, I get it. God's still working on me. Right. She's still evolving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> same people, I can pull up the pictures of you at the corner class, you at the corner class, learning from Jay, taking notes from Jay. Same people wouldn't stand with Jay when Jay was going through the fire. Or if you didn't know, you really, I don't really know. Did he do it? Did he not do it? Where was the phone call? Yeah. Hey, bro, let's talk about this. I have some questions. How can I help you? How can I support you? Well, this is what I want to know. Same people at the corner class, same people who stood in the Legacy Center in my husband's office. I watched. Same people who probably have made some money or some kind of financial gain, some benefit what? from the teachings. From, from the teachings. The brand, from everything. From the teachings. Right. And let me be very clear. I say it publicly, proudly. My husband is the pioneer. What? Sold so many seeds freely. I got people come up to me to this day. I, I, I got so much free game off your husband's free videos. Yeah, Forget facts. Jay Morrison Academy, the page, the free videos. When I met Jay, he had 1,010 YouTube videos, free game. That taught a whole bunch of people. Same people taking the game, took the game for free, but wouldn't, give, wouldn't make a phone call and say, hey, bro, what's up? I don't know you that well, but I know I learned from you. I know you sowed a seed into me. How can, I, how can I be of service in this moment? Do you need help in this moment? <laughs> People don't have character. Mm -hmm. Internet stuff is cool. You're a great marketer. You made a lot of money. Great. What does your character look like? Mm -hmm. This all showed me character. I'm so intentional about it now. Like, the internet stuff is cool. The followers are cool. That's great. I love all that. The movies, the television, making the money, all that's cool. What does your character look like? That's all I want to know. I think everybody should be just weary in general of big crowds, of big crowds of people that mm -hmm. love you, follow you, you know, support you. Yeah. Because it's, it's really, there's really not a big crowd of people that Listen, really support you. Listen, the same you. people who clap for you and love you on Tuesday are the same people who will crucify you on Wednesday. That's fine. So you cannot take the love... And you can't take the hate. You got to take the love with a grain of salt and the hate with a grain of salt. I always say, like, mm, the applauds for me are they're cool, but I don't let them get to me. Because the mm. same people who are doing this today Turn around, will be doing quick. this. Girl, did you hear? Tomorrow. So it's like whether you love me or hate me, I don't care. It's all in the same vein to me. I'm just going to do what I know God told me to do. I'm just going to continue to walk in my purpose, continue to slang these poems, continue to do these movies, continue to build Greenlit ATL, continue to build the Legacy Center, do what I do. And whether you clap for me or whether you're hating on me, you can take that up with your Savior, babe, because I'm still going to do what I was called to do. I don't care about the love or the hate anymore. Showed me the love and the hate is all, it's one and the same. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't expect to get so motivated after this show. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like you, you do what you're speaking right now. That's a fact. No, that's, that's no. It, re it really is because mm -hmm. I mean, when people done been through some shit, yeah. you can really tell. Yeah, because you really those are the people that really have some game. Like it's they, the they got some real game. It's the pruning. It's the purging. It's the shedding. I have been ripped. I have literally been stripped apart mm. so much so I can I can just cry thinking about it because it's like you work so hard to be this person because you think you're in control and you're not. God will take all that away. The cars, the clothes, the followers, the influence, it could be gone in a second. That's why it's like, I don't care about that anymore. What does your character look like? I don't care about the followers. I don't care about the marketing scheme that you have. Okay, great. You're a great marketer. You made a lot of money. You got a lot of followers. You look cute. And what do, who are you? Who, what does your soul look like? That's all I want to know. It's the only people I want to attach to me. Mm. People with integrity. People who are rooted and unwavering, who stand on what they stand on. Listen. I went to Sarah Land, Alabama with Tamika Mallory. You guys know Tamika Mallory? Yeah. yeah. Greatest, one of the greatest voices of this generation. She texted me and said, Ern, I need you to be available on this date. I didn't ask no questions. Cool. Don't even know what I'm doing, but cool. 
Tamika says I'm, I'm, she needs me, I'm there. I'll just never forget this. Like Tamika single-handedly taught me what it's like to stand on your post. She said, we're going to Sarah Land, Alabama, and we're going to march, and we're going to protest, and we're going to fight for Shakisha Clemens and the whole Waffle House thing that happened. Cool, I'm there, I'm down. We land, and it's crazy. It's like white supremacy, it's flags, it's Blue Lives Matters, it's wow. gun, it's crazy. I had never been a part of anything. Like, now I've done several protests, several marches. Y'all know we, we but not shut with the opposition out there. Like, right. We crazy. shut down Houston. We, you know what I mean? We did a lot, but this is another level. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm with, I'm with some, some folks from, from the nation of Islam and they get a call from their leader back away, get back in the cars, go back to Atlanta. So I'm with some of them too. So I'm like, well, dang, if, if, they leader told them they should go back. Right. Maybe I should be going back right. too. Right, hard. So I'm like, <laughs> then my husband's calling me like, yo, are you safe? Are you good? Maybe you should just come back. Tamika Mallory looked at me and she said, if I, stay, if I say I stand with black women and I'm fighting for black women, I am fighting for black women and we are go I am going on this march. I said, wow. That is what unwavering looks like. When you stand for something, you stand on it when it looks cute. You stand on it when it's ugly. You stand on it when it's raw. You stand on it when it's dangerous. You stand on it. You stand on your post. You stand on your assignment. In that single moment, Tamika Mallory showed me what it looks like to be solid, what it looks like to be unwavering in your purpose. And I said, God, you led me here. I said, I'm fighting for black women. I'm with Tamika. And we marched our asses right onto that Waffle House. And it was chaotic. And I was scared. But I knew if I say this is what I stand for, and this is what I stand for when it's good and when it looks bad, period. And everything that we went through showed me what solid looks like. Some of y'all not solid. Many and it's of cool. Them. Many of them. Many of y'all not solid. It's <laughs> cool. True. I see you. That's why I'm going to love you from afar. I still love you. Still got love. But I'm going to love you from over here because I see where you're at with it. You wanted to be in the pictures with us when it looked great. You want to be at the grand opening. You want to be at the corner classes. You want to be in the pictures when everything was glitz and glam and the lights looked great. But when it got dark, when it got ugly, when it got gritty. H Hello? Y'all still there? It, oh, what? Oh, you don't want to be in the pictures anymore? <laughs> you don't, oh, you don't want me at the conference anymore? You don't want me on the panel anymore? You don't want me on your podcast anymore? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's all I can say. It's just wow, <laughs> because man, when I when I think about that place, I'm gonna be honest. I've never been where you've been. Mm -hmm. That's a very different place. I don't think most people have been where. Not you've many been. people at all. Because again, yeah. like Ryan said before, you gotta we gotta build some big shit to even play at that game and, yeah. the, and at that level. For people to even what? be concerned about what? what you got going on. It, it, people yeah, at that level and at that scale. And what? it's just different when you're at the public, when you're in the public eye, and because you you get you get even more fake love. Oh my gosh! I mean, the fake it's, love is even scare. It's it's like it's even harder to. I imagine it's even harder to like see through it. Yeah. At that point yeah. and level, because you guys are an opportunity. You guys mm -hmm. are value. Yeah. So the the love they they're gonna disguise it very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I say the love and the hate operate from the same vein. I don't take the love any any greater than I take the hate. It's all in the same bowl to me. I've seen it. <laughs> like I said, the same people who will clap for you on Tuesday will be in the comments dogging you on Wednesday. That marriage coach that y'all had, though, mm -hmm. did y'all pop out the gate with a marriage coach or in that season? Y'all said oh, no, this we've is something started, we need. We started coaching well before. We started coaching in, in the dating phase. What? Oh, wait, so, okay. Off the rip. Wow. At what point? It was only it was only seven months. So like, when did the marriage coach come in? I would say the marriage coach came in right when we got engaged. So right at the seven months, six or seven months, we started implementing the coaching. Who okay. who's um like whose idea was that? Whose idea was it? Probably mine. Okay. Could have been Jay's though. I don't really know. Don't quote me. I don't know. Okay. I just know that Jay and I are both very intentional. Like we were like we so we were abstinent for the first ninety days of our relationship. No sex. 
because we were both intentional. Like, we want to really get to know each other without the influence of sex. So that was a conversation y'all had? It was a conversation we had. Abstinent for 90 days, really getting to know each other, having conversations till the sun came up. Like, I want to know you. I want to build a friendship with you. And I don't want it to be based off of a soul tie. I don't want it to be based off because we love each other's sex. Because we've done, we've all done that before. If any very <laughs> powerful, influential, successful dude agrees to that, he's yeah. interested. Yeah. He's very interested. He agrees like, to He's seriously he interested. He agrees to it. was a little hard. I ain't gonna lie. It was right, hard. Right, right. A couple times it was like, okay. But right. yeah, we were very intentional. Like, let's do something different. In order to get something different, you got to do something different. Absolutely. And let's do something different on this one. And let's just get to know each other. And not only were we abstinent, we just did every, like, so textbook, but like, we were abstinent and then we got tested together. And like, we were just being intentional about really building something big. You know what I mean? And we did. We've seen the fruits of what the Morrison Union did to this day. I mean, still, I mean, even the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. Um, I was giving a tour yesterday at the Legacy Center. And at the, if you've come to the Legacy Center, all the names of the initial investors are on the wall. Over 8,600 names on the, on the wall when you walk in. And the person I was giving a tour to said, wow, this is amazing. I don't know anybody who got this many people to sow into a movement. Over 15,000 investors 8,600 the first 30 days that are on that wall, they were just like, this is freaking, no one's done this. It's crazy. So what we've been able to birth as a couple has been monumental. So yeah, you can snicker and laugh and say, oh, guess what? Oh, they got investigated by the FBI. Right, right. Well, when you do something big enough to get invested by, investigated by the FBI, then let me know. That's the same thing I'll be thinking. When <laughs> what you've done is not big enough, babe. Right. Has, you ain't done nothing big enough to get investigated no. by the FBI. So I'll wait. <laughs> Nobody trying to sue you. Nobody no one's trying, trying to, to investigate. sue you. You're not even. You haven't done anything right, yet. Right. <laughs> you'll, yeah, you'll get there. Maybe. You haven't now, done anything yet. Now, y'all also birthed uh, a baby. Yes, Kobe. Yeah. And I just, listen, when I see a, a pregnant woman or just a woman, I'm like, hey, congratulations. Yeah. I just love that. I just yeah. think it's like no better special thing that a woman can do. It's just mm -hmm. super dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm just very curious because you're such a dynamic person and uh, very successful. And I hear, you know, quite a few women express, you know, hey, maybe a kid is not the best idea because yeah. it, uh, you know, could potentially alter my lifestyle. Yeah. So did you have any of those types of thoughts? Yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. And how did you work through that? How did you eventually decide that, hey, you know what? A kid is the, the best thing for me right now. And that's the thing. You keep saying, how did you decide or how did you choose? I, I realize you don't choose. You don't really decide. Like, yeah, there's decisions you make, but, you know, so we planned Kobe. So much so where my husband was like, I want a Scorpio baby. And we planned it so the baby was a Scorpio. Wow. Kobe is a Scorpio. You can do that? basic math like nine months out from here yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just never thought it's about crazy. like yeah. that's some hell of fine intention so it happens in one month y'all was just going insane <laughs> <laughs> hey baby in February it's, it's over no in February it was February he's like okay if we, if we, if we conceive in February then you know it's a big chance so yeah we planned Kobe and I had so many doubts I'm like but I'm an actress and I just feel like I'm right there I'm on the brink of my big breakout role and I just I, I was scared. I'm like, oh, it's going to slow me down. And um, and one of my mentors, uh, Terry J. Vaughn, shout out to Terry J. Vaughn. You guys know her. She's an actress, been in the game for decades. And she said, it's only going to make you better. Nothing's going to slow you down. What's for you is for you. And that made me feel so comfortable. It was so comforting. And we had the baby. And my baby is a show business baby. She'd be on set. <laughs> she's in meetings. She's at auditions. Kobe is, she's at the Legacy Center in meetings. She's... I haven't missed, I haven't skipped the beat. And actually having a child has only made me better. It made me sharper. It made me wiser. I have more tools as an actor now. I have more tools as a human. Like I have different instincts that I have as a mom that I didn't have when I wasn't a mom. It's like, oh, caught it. Caught the juice before you even spilt it. <laughs> right, saw, it. Right. <laughs> saw it before you even did it. That's an instinct. That's a tool I have now. So yeah, it made me better. And three months after I had my baby, I booked Queen Sugar on the own network. I was on the road to New Orleans filming Queen Sugar. Kobe was right in the back seat with me. See, that's my thought. I mean, you confirm my suspicion because that's my thought when people say, hey, it's going to change my lifestyle and this and that. Yeah. And of, of course, it and does. And it will have change your right? lifestyle. But it also means you have to be better. It means you have to be better and you right. have to adjust. I haven't skipped a beat. I have not skipped a beat. I have to do an audition and, you know, everything is on tape now. So you, it's not like you're not walking to a room auditioning. You tape, you put your cell phone tape and you turn it in. I'll put Kobe in her high chair, put her little cartoons on. I'll be right back. I'm in the back room. I'll take my audition real quick, come back in and get you out the high. I mean, you just figure it out. You figure out how to make it work. 
yes, it, it is a lifestyle adjustment, but it doesn't mean you stop do what you're doing. You don't, you know what I mean? Right. And then there are some women who stop completely, and that's cool with them. If that's what you want to do, you want to stop everything and just focus on being a mom, and that's great too. But for me, I was able to luckily because of my village, my team, um, my mom, who's who I hired as granny nanny, so she helps so much with Kobe and um, Jay's parents. And Jay, I have a village. Luckily, I'm able to tell my assistant, hey, can you watch Kobe real quick while I'm in the office? I'm going to go down and shoot my audition real quick and I'll be back. So, you know, we've been, I'm grateful and I'm fortunate enough that I've been able to work for me, it for it to work for me. Man, I love that. Yeah. I ain't going to lie, Ms. Ernestine, I just want to give you a hug, man. <laughs> like, I just like this, this whole, I mean. You got you, that energy for yeah, sure. No, nah, you got the energy <laughs> and you got the game. Like you juiced up because you have, you have been through the ringer. The ringer. Jesus. <laughs> and you are just still like glowing. Like you sitting on this set here glowing. Thank you. Your energy is amazing. Thank I, I want to ask. So I agree with you. And I think presentation is very important for mm -hmm. women. You know, and it's funny because I just met you uh, not so long ago at the Mastermind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in my mind, just in my mind, it's just like I think black royalty, right? I mm -hmm. think this, this wife, just from what I see online. So meeting you in person, I was just thinking like, damn, like this is a wife, Aww. right? But it, I think it has a lot to do with how you present yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, everything from your mannerisms yes. to how you sit, to how yes. you dress and things like that. So, yes. you know, what are some